apologize to all of you. Happy Solo Shot Saturday. I'm your host, Don Mana. And this was just an unreal day uh, in a lot of senses. There were uh, some car issues earlier in the day uh, that I had to take care of, uh, especially before it starts to get cold and icy out. And uh, I finally was able to get around to doing this. I appreciate all of you uh, who do catch it live and enjoy listening to me during your Saturday morning uh, here on YouTube, uh, but wasn't able to get that done today, but I'm still here. Uh, <laughs> so we still have a show to put on and I I've know that these things happen in life. They're first world problems. A lot of things, uh, uh, the only constant things in life are death, taxes, change, <laughs> And changes are usually problems. Uh, so just doing all that. But there is a big change now that the biggest free agent domino in MLB history is knocked over. And that is the floodgates of free agency. The floodgates have opened. Before I get into that big deal, there's been a lot of nice little signings happening. Michael Waka going to the Royals with Seth Lugo guys that are going to get traded at the deadline. They drafted Will Smith, who has been on the last three world series championship winners. You know, the Royals are having some fun now that the floodgates of free agency have opened up. And I'm excited to see a lot more moves happening in the coming weeks. I feel like there are a lot of players that want to find a home before Christmas and It'll be really fun to watch as more moves happen. Uh, the hitter market starts to loosen up. There's one big hitter and one big pitcher left. And then there's a lot of other guys that can still be moved uh, via trade as well. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Now, of course, I talked about the Shohei sweepstakes every single week. And last Solo Shot Saturday, I talked about how the Blue Jays fiasco uh, was a really bad echo chamber of people just taking a very small piece of information and running with it. Uh, and I've been saying that the Dodgers are the front runner for the entire time, but I don't think anybody imagined the contract that they would be giving Shohei Otani. They've been clearing their payroll for two straight up seasons, getting under the luxury tax because they knew this was coming. They knew they were going to throw the book at Shohei and this is a team that made the playoffs the last 10 years, 11 out of the last 12, a team that has won a world series very recently, a team that already has three MVPs on it. Yes. I'm counting Clayton Kershaw, even though he hasn't resigned. Why wouldn't he resign with this team? Shohei Otani, 10 years, 700 million, the big headline, obviously, is that 680 of it is deferred. A lot of people are thinking, oh, they're only paying him $2 million a year. Yes, on his tax paperwork, $2 million a year is going to be what his salary is. This is a man who makes 30 to $50 million in endorsements per year. So he's okay. Uh, but the real number is $46 million. That's what Shohei's contract is going to count against the collective bargaining tax that goes towards the luxury tax as well as draft pick compensation and arbitration and all those great things 
uh, that help you build a baseball roster because Shohei wants a winner built around him. And I think that's really what this contract means is the 680, it seems like a big number, but in reality, he's going down to Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander level money, AAV wise in the collective bargaining tax. And he's worth every penny. There was a great video that I actually referenced last week um, from Baseball Doesn't Exist, a great YouTube channel. Check him out if you're not familiar. Talking about how Shohei Otani is worth $700 million before he even steps on the field. Just all the marketing money that he drives in before he puts up MVP caliber numbers with the bat. Before he comes back in 2025 and beyond and is in the top three of your rotation. Uh, he is a unicorn. We are blessed to watch him. And I think it's going to be so great for baseball, seeing him playing competitive baseball in a huge market like LA. I'm sorry, Blue Jays fans, for all the smoke and mirrors that happened. You guys were in the crosshairs. Maybe you guys were uh, just the team to drive up the final price for the Dodgers. Maybe they were willing to go up as far as possible and they needed a second team to kind of get that over the hump. But Shoyatani is a Dodger for the next 10 years. And it's very ironic that when Bobby Bonilla day ends in 2035, uh, Shohei Otani's deferred money will start in 2034. So there will be a clear crossover from a deferred money payday uh, in baseball history. So one of my favorite little landmarks in the baseball season will now be Shohei day uh, with him getting deferred money from the Dodgers. He's worth every penny. He's going to level up Dodger Stadium's attendance. They're going to break their records, and they're going to get all the TV and sponsorship deals that they could ask for and then some, some that they weren't even familiar with. So I'm super happy for Shohei. He apologized in his announcement uh, for taking so long. To me, take as long as you want, man. Uh, he gave up so much money coming over to MLB a year earlier than he was supposed to uh, and got paid very little in his first three years in the major leagues. Uh, one of those where he won an MVP. And it's just unbelievable to see a guy of his caliber uh, getting this kind of payday, getting this kind of attention and putting baseball on the map in a lot of ways. Uh, this is a huge deal for baseball. Uh, a lot of people were comparing him to Owners of teams net worth, people were showing that he is making in this one contract more than LeBron James basketball earnings for his career. I know LeBron is a billionaire from all his endorsements. Shohei's kind of the same deal. Uh, but with the $700 million from the Dodgers and what he makes in endorsements, Shohei Otani is pushing to be that next billion-dollar athlete if he's not there already. So congratulations to him, the Dodgers. They did the deferred money to add, and that's exactly what they did. They went out very soon after the Shohei press conference, and they traded for Rays stud pitcher Tyler Glasnow, as well as Manny Margot, a nice little outfield bat. And the Dodgers, now with their rotation, I'm considering Clayton Kershaw is going to be a Dodger. He's very close to 3,000 strikeouts. He's a future Hall of Famer. He said that. He wants to win another ring and being able to play with Shohei, even if it's just for one year, I feel like that's enough to make you come back. But their rotation for next year, 
is going to look like Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Bobby Miller, Tyler Glasnow, and a litany of guys like Emma Sheehan uh, on the list as well. So a very solid Dodgers rotation, in my opinion. Guys like Gonsolin and Dustin May will come back in the year's future when Kershaw retires. Uh, but having Shohei waiting in the wings as well uh, to add to your rotation with Tyler Glasnow for the next four years, $125 million deal from his extension. Uh, he's not a rental people. The Dodgers are going out there and paying. I know Glasnow has never pitched over 120 innings in a season, uh, but he has some of the best stuff in baseball. A truly nasty pitcher. And the Dodgers have shown time and time again uh, when they bring pitchers up in their rotation to the farm system or they bring over free agents, people pitch well in that Dodger blue. Uh, hitters hit well in that Dodger blue. I think Manny Margot will have some nice moments for them like David Peralta and Jason Hayward did this year. And you just look at that lineup. Shohei Otani is going to focus on only hitting in 2024. And him, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, along with Max Muncie and Will Smith and all the other guys that they still have. It's going to be a fun team to watch. And the thing that's been touched on a little bit that I think is the best part about this is the word super team usually has such a negative connotation. Like the, the fans in that city absolutely love that their team has assembled it, but the whole rest of the league hates it and hates on those players but Shohei Otani Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts all guys on the track to the Baseball Hall of Fame are three of the most well-rounded and well-liked players in Major League Baseball they're all frontline all-stars they're all guys that people want to go see when they come to their city this is going to be an event watching these three players playing together and while the sweepstakes is over, I'm going to continue updating um, as things happen with the Dodgers because I don't think they're done adding. Uh, like I said, Clayton Kershaw still hasn't signed on for 2024, and I very much expect him to. Uh, but there's still a lot of things that they can add, uh, both in the bullpen as well as a possible another right-handed bat. But now that Shohei Otani is off the board, the big fish in the market is Yoshinubo Yamamoto. And Yamamoto is one of the best pitchers to come out of Japan. There's no question about it. He's 25 years old as well, coming over at that age with his accomplishments. It's no shortage of suitors. There's so many teams that want him. They don't have to give up compensation like the Dodgers did for Glasnow, like teams would have to for Dylan Cease or a Corbin Burns and you're getting him at in his prime at 25. So Yamamoto at first, everyone was saying, well, you're going to have to probably pay 200, maybe 225. Some team might go up to 250 million. It's now looking like Yamamoto straight off the boat from Japan is going to get 300 plus million dollars. And a lot of that has to do with, not having to give up the compensation, whether draft pick compensation, prospect compensation. You're paying this guy who has amazing stuff, amazing character, 
to just play his prime for your baseball team. And that's worth a lot of money right now, especially with the injuries across the league to pitchers. There are a lot of pitchers that are recovering uh, from injuries that won't be pitching in 2024, Shohei Otani included. And Yamamoto is going to come into a desperate pitching market, and he's going to get one of the bags, one of the biggest overseas deals we've ever seen. And I think that he's going to live up to the hype. Uh, if you just watch his stuff, both in the World Baseball Classic against major leaguers, as well as his stuff in the Japanese league, he is a legit pitcher. And I cannot wait to see where he signs. I've been very happy as a Red Sox fan to see that they have stayed as a team in the Suter race. I don't think that he's going to pick Boston. But the fact that we're still in the race where Shohei Otani, they said that the Red Sox are out, uh, makes me feel a lot better just that they're trying to get this big fish. Uh, And when you look at the Red Sox team, they need pitching more than anything. And I hope that they can get Yamamoto, even though I don't think it is a super likely outcome. But he will be getting 300 plus million. I just don't know where it's going to be just yet. Dodgers have met with him and brought Shohei Otani to the meeting. That's a hell of a pitch. I talked about Seattle being a great fit for him. Also being on the West Coast, a team that is willing to spend some money and has shed some payroll this offseason already. Uh, But it'll be fun to see where he lands. Uh, The Blue Jays, I think, are trying to make a splash after missing out on Shohei. And getting Yamamoto is a really nice consolation prize. Here at the Solo Shot Sports Podcast, we like to throw back down the third baseline to the day in sports history and just talk about a game or a moment or a trade or an award or an accolade uh, and just reminisce about the rich history of this sport. I talked about it before. These are all first world problems, first world interests. And there's so many great things that happen on December 16th in baseball history. And you're thinking, well, there's no baseball going on. It's close to Christmas. There are still some awards being handed out like Willie Mays, In 1954, winning an MVP in his first full season, he was the first player to ever do that and went on to be, in my humble opinion, the greatest player to ever put on a baseball uniform in the major leagues. There's so many other hirings, firings, trades, but there was one that took the cake. And to me, I don't remember there being four teams in this trade, but on This date, in 2009, the Philadelphia Phillies acquired future Hall of Famer Roy Halladay from the Toronto Blue Jays. This four-team trade sent Phillies minor leaguers Travis Darnot, Kyle Drabeck, and Michael Taylor to the Oakland Athletics. The Oakland Athletics traded third baseman Brett Wallace to the Blue Jays. And... Roy Halladay went to Philadelphia. Cliff Lee went to the Mariners to restock their minor league system. Uh, Getting outfielders Tyler Giles, Philippe Aumont, as well as Juan Ramirez. So not a ton of names that you recognize. Travis Darnell, still in the league. Um, But seeing two Cy Young winners traded in a four-team deal. That is absolutely outrageous. 
And when we're seeing all these pitchers on the market and how desperate the league is for quality pitching right now, it is just unbelievable that Cliff Lee, a Cy Young winner, as well as Roy Halladay, a Hall of Fame pitcher with multiple Cy Youngs, getting traded to Philadelphia. And Roy Halladay, I don't feel like he gets enough credit when it comes to the history of the game. Roy Halladay had the nickname Doc, and it was because he was surgical on the mound. He wasn't overpowering, but he was someone that located his pitches and did everything he could to win. 64.2 career war, 203 wins, like I said, two Cy Young awards, an eight-time All-Star. But in his short stint in Philadelphia, he was a very good pitcher in his 30s. 55-29 and 29 record, a 3.25 ERA, 18 complete games, 702 innings pitched in four years. This is a guy who struck out 622 batters and was just absolutely unbelievable. 122 ERA plus 22% better than the average pitcher during that time in his 30s. Guy had a whip just over one and was just truly amazing, especially in the postseason where he most notably threw a no-hitter in the postseason for the Phillies. Um, Truly one of the best pitchers I ever got to watch. And it was an absolute shame uh, when he passed away in that plane accident. Uh, Didn't get to experience his Hall of Fame induction. But Roy Halladay, on this date in 2009, was traded to the Philadelphia Phillies in a whopping four team trade which also involved another Cy Young winning pitcher a lot of prospects that didn't turn into anything and Brett Wallace who had a nice little major league career so hope you guys enjoyed me covering that trade Um, let me know in the comments below or in the poll on Spotify which pitcher you expect to get the biggest haul this offseason uh, we already saw what Tyler Glass now went for, uh, but will Dylan Cease or Corbin Burns be able to garner a bigger package, maybe even including a third team? I doubt we'll get another four-team trade with a Cy Young winner like Burns, but you never know. These things happen in baseball. I appreciate all of you watching. Um, I've seen many people popping in and out. Weird time to be doing this, absolutely, but I, I still wanted to get it in. Um, Zach Greinke, I talked about it during last season, that he is very close to 3,000 strikeouts. So close uh, that he could sniff it. And even though it looked like at the end of 2023, when he brought his kids to his last start and had a standing ovation in Kansas City, that he was done. And it would not have shocked me if he walked away from the game. But Zach Greinke has announced that he is planning on pitching in 2024, that he has been working out, that he still has the desire to play, that he still has the desire to go out there and get his his team some wins. And I hope whether he's back in Kansas City or he tries to sign with a team that's on the verge of the postseason, 
that he goes out there and just pitches like the Granky we all know and love. Those EFIS pitches that are going like 50 miles per hour. And he gets to that 3,000 number. He's only 21 strikeouts away. So wherever he signs, be on 3,000 watch, probably in his fourth start of the season. Uh, it'll be really great for this future Hall of Famer to hit that major milestone achievement. And I'm very much looking forward to watching Granky. I'm very much looking forward uh, to the holidays. I know it's a stressful time of year for a lot of you, uh, but I hope that you are making the most of it. Uh, there's so many things in life to be thankful for, uh, no matter what's going wrong in your day. And uh, I hope that this podcast, in the littlest way, uh, can help you either get through part of your day or uh, kind of get your mind off those struggles that we all go through here in the States. Appreciate each and every one of you for stopping by. Uh, those of you that listen throughout the week, uh, it won't make too much of a difference to you at the time, but I apologize again for the inconvenience for those regular listeners. Have a happy Soul Shot Saturday, a great rest of your week. And if I don't hear from you in the next couple of weeks, happy holidays.